Chapter 20 of High Acres. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. High Acres by Jane Abbott. Chapter 20 The Family Councils. Uncle Johnny laid Peter Wesley's letter down. A silence held them all. It was as though a voice from some other world had been speaking to them. Mrs. Wesley shivered. How I hate money! she cried impulsively. Then the very comfort and luxury of the room reproaching her, she added, I mean, I hate to think that wherever big fortunes are made, so many are ground down in the process. Graham was frowning at the letter. Of course you're going to hunt up this fellow, he asked anxiously, a dull red flushing his cheeks. Wasn't that as bad as stealing? Maybe he's dead now, and it's too late, cried Jip, who thought the whole thing full of intensely interesting possibilities. Uncle Peter cannot defend himself now, Graham, so let us not pass judgment upon what he has done, and I don't suppose I can act on this matter until your father comes home. Oh, John, I know he will want to carry out his Uncle Peter's wish. You need not wait. Too much time has been lost already, urged Mrs. Wesley. Graham was standing in front of the fire, his back to the blaze. It struck Uncle Johnny and his mother both that there was a new manliness in the slim, straight figure. I want to help find him. It's when you know about such tricks and cheating and, and injustices that you hate this trying to make money. I think things ought to be divided up in this world and every fellow given an equal chance. John Wesley laid his hand on the boy's shoulder. Real justice is the hardest thing to find in this world, Sonny but keep the thought of it always in your mind, and look out for the rights of the other fellow. Then you'll never make the mistakes Uncle Peter did. Poor old man! All he cared about in the world was making money, and then in his old age it gave him no joy, only torment, and he'd killed everything else in him that might have brought him a little happiness. I'm glad you and Robert aren't like him. Mrs. Wesley added, I am too cried Jip so fervently that everyone laughed. How do you find people? put in Tibby, who was trying very hard to understand what it was all about. It will be somewhat like the needle in the haystack. Boston is a big place, and a lot can happen in, let me see, that must have been fifteen years ago. Will you hire detectives? Jip was quivering with the desire to help hunt down the mysterious Craig Winton. I don't want to. I've always had a sort of distrust of detectives, and yet we may have to. We have so little to start on. I'll get Stevens and Murray together tomorrow. Perhaps they can tell me more about the buying of the patent, and I'll have Watkins recommend some reliable Boston attorney. Uncle John's voice sounded as though he meant business. Isabel had said nothing during the little family council. She suddenly lifted her head, her eyes dark with disapproval giving this person all that money make us poor something in her tone sent a little shock through the others my dear protested her mother oh you'd go on cheating him just like uncle peter that's like you just think about yourself accused graham disgustedly do you want tainted money cried jip grandly isabel's face flamed you're hateful graham wesley I don't like money a bit better than you do. You'd be squealing if you couldn't get that new motorcycle and go to camp and spend all the money you do. 
and i think it's silly to hunt him up after all this time he's probably invented a lot of things since and doesn't need any money and if he hasn't well inventors are always poor anyway isabel tried to make her logic sound as reasonable to the others as it did to her bonnie dear that was the name uncle johnny had given to her in nursery days he had not used it for a long time there are two reasons why we must carry out the wish uncle peter has expressed in his letter one is because he has asked it he thought he would have time to give the letter to us himself perhaps tell us more about it he did not dream that it would lie for two years in that bible the other reason is that it is the honourable thing to do and it not only involves the honour of uncle peter's name but your father's honour and mine your brother's yours graham's even little tibby's we would do it if it took our last cent but it won't oh uncle johnny you're great graham suddenly turned his face to the fire to hide his feelings when i'm a man i want to be just like you and, and father isabel would not let herself be persuaded to accept her family's point of view in her heart there still rankled the thought that uncle johnny had taken barbara lee with him to high acres and had made her stay at home and it had been silly for them all to get so excited and make such a fuss over jip and jerry they might have known that they'd turn up all right when she had seen uncle johnny pull jerry down to a seat beside him on the davenport she had hated her mrs wesley followed john wesley to the little room that was always called father's study won't it be exciting hunting up this craig winton jip asked the others isn't it an interesting name maybe he'll have a lot of children i hope there'll be some girls jip hugged her knees in an ecstasy of anticipation if they're dreadfully poor it'll be like they're finding a fairy godmother think of all they can have with that money all i hope isabel's voice rang cruelly clear is that uncle johnny won't want to bring any more charity girls here she rose then and without looking at any of them walked from the room jip opened her lips to speak then closed them quickly whatever she might say she knew instinctively would only add to the hurt isabel had inflicted she could not even throw her arms around jerry's neck and hug her the way she wanted to do because the expression of jerry's face forbade it it was a very terrible expression jip thought a little frightened jerry's eyes glowed with such a fierce pride and yet were so hurt after a moment jerry said slowly i-i am going to bed jip wished that graham would say something and graham wished jip would say something and both sat tongue-tied while jerry walked out of the room you think we ought to tell mother jip asked in a hushed voice no graham hated the thought of tale-bearing but isabel's an awful snob it's her going around with cora stanton and amy mathers to think this gave some comfort to graham and jip well i don't know what jerry will do sighed jip forlornly the door of jerry's room was shut and jip had not the courage to open it she listened for a moment outside it there was not a sound from within she went into her own room and undressed slowly with a vague uneasiness that something was going to happen there had been no sound in jerry's room because she had been standing rigid in the window staring with burning angry eyes out into the darkness 
her beautiful happy world that she had thought so full of kindness and good fellowship had turned suddenly upside down charity girl she did not know just what it meant but it made her think of homeless nameless unloved waifs motherless fatherless dependent upon the world's generosity her hand went to her throat charity girl was not her beloved sunny side with sweetheart and little dad richer and more beautiful than anything on earth and hadn't she always had like a flash though she saw herself in the queerly fashioned brown dress that had seemed very nice back at miller's notch but very funny when contrasted with the pretty simple serge dresses that the other girls at high acres wore perhaps they had all thought she was a charity girl a waif brought here by uncle johnny to be sure her schoolmates had welcomed her into all their activities but perhaps they had felt sorry for her and anyway it had been after uncle johnny had given her the christmas box she looked down at the dress she wore it was the school dress that had been in the box perhaps she should not have taken it taking it may have made her a charity girl she should never have come here it was costing someone money to send her to high acres and to feed her and often mrs wesley gave little things to her and none of this she could repay with furious fingers jerry unfastened and tore off the christmas dress from its hook in her clothes closet she took down the despised brown garment her only thought then was to sort out her very own possessions but as she collected the few things the plan to go away anywhere took shape in her mind she would go to barbara lee until her mother could send for her then her door opened slowly on the threshold stood jip in her red dressing gown it was not so dark but that jip could see that jerry wore her old brown dress and that she held her hat in her hand with one bound she was at her friend's side holding her arm tightly jerry you're not going away you're not i've got to i won't be you're not a whatever isabel said she's horrid she's jealous of you because of dana king and and everybody thinks you're the most popular girl at lincoln peggy lee said she heard a crowd of girls saying so that it was cause you're always nice to everybody and cause you like to do everything i won't let you go there was something very stubborn in jip's dark face jerry wished she had not come in just before it had seemed so easy to slip away to barbara lee's and now i should never have come here i should never have let you all jip gave her chum a little shake jerry travis uncle johnny brought you cause he said he knew you could give lincoln school and isabel and me a lot oh of something and mother read it in his letter i remember he said it was like a sort of scholarship and i heard mother tell him the day i was teasing her to let me cut my hair short like yours that she'd be willing to let me do anything if i could learn to be as sunny as you are i heard her cause i was listening to see if she was going to let me so you've more than paid for everything there's something more than just money you're too proud you're prouder than isabel herself jerry dropped her head on the bed jip took it as a promising sign and she closed her arms tight around jerry's shoulders if you go away it will break my heart she declared i love you more than any chum i ever had more than anybody except my family of course and i love them differently so it doesn't count and mother loves you too and so does tibby and so does uncle johnny and if you don't tell me right off that you won't go away i'll go straight to mother and then we'll have to tell her how nasty isabel was and that'll make her unhappy and i mean it there was no doubt of that 
Jip's concluding argument broke down Jerry's determination to go. No, she could not. As Jip had said, if she went away, Mrs. Wesley and Uncle Johnny must know why. She could not do a single thing that would make either of them the least unhappy. That would be poor gratitude. Perhaps Jip was right, too, that she was too proud. Surely her mother would never have let her come if it was going to bring the least humiliation to her. Jip, with quick fingers, began to unbutton the brown dress. Let's just show Isabel that we don't care what she says. I think it's that horrid, Cora Stanton and Amy Mathers, that makes her act so anyway. They're horrid. Amy Mathers puts peroxide on her hair, and Cora Stanton cheated in the geometry exam. Everyone says so. I know what let's do, Jerry. There were some cupcakes left. I saw them in the pantry. Let's go down ever so quietly and get them, and we'll have a spiffy spread. As she spoke, she caught up Jerry's warm eider-down wrapper and threw it around her. Jip's devotion was very soothing to poor distraught Jerry. So, too, was the suggestion of the cupcakes. But halfway down the stairs, Jerry stopped short and whispered tragically in Jip's ear, Jip, we can't eat them. Our school record. No sweets between meals. And at the thought of school, Jerry's world suddenly righted again. Oh, well. Jip would have liked to suggest a missing point. We can eat crackers and peanut butter instead. End of chapter 20